Well, and but I think it's interesting because people who have not done the work, they don't know that that's there. You know, like one thing I realized, because I've done a lot of these um, women's retreats in the last year, spiritual retreats, and the commonality was religious trauma as a child or other trauma. But for mm-hmm. a lot of people, well, both. Or both, but yeah. Really, <laughs> Lots for, of both. Usually both. And usually intimately tied somehow in some weird way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and it really stifles any type of uh, growth, like you mentioned, going forward. And like even in, um, you know, in my rehab, common the common theme is some childhood trauma, whatever that looks like. And in recent years, I had to sort of further define it because, you know, what, when some people hear trauma, they're imagining the worst thing that could ever happen to a child. For yeah, some big, people, big trauma could trauma. just be a divorce, right? Not, yeah. I'm not saying just a divorce, but it could be just an upheaval in their lives that serves as the same kind of trauma that sticks in their universe for forever. And it's how they choose to cope with it is how, what, how, what dictates their life after that. Exactly. Well, it is. It's interesting how people start like trauma comparing, right? And it's like, no, 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 no. And especially for people who grew up with subtle forms of trauma. Like I had a coaching client once and she never realized until we started working together how much of a narcissist her mother was and how abusive her mother was to her. And because we grow up in a household we just think that's the norm and don't really think anything of it until we learn something else. And because her, the, what was happening with her was very subtle. Mm-hmm. You know, the only stuff that a lot of us grew up with was like, you know, stranger danger. And, you know, if the kids that came to school dirty, like they weren't cared for, hungry, like they're not eating or, uh, you know, the bruises and things like that. Like, all anybody ever talked about was physical abuse. I mean, shoot, I don't even remember anybody talking about sexual abuse outside of, is anybody touching you in your private places? Like, you know, you know like, that kind of thing. But outside of well, that, even that, there was almost the implication, like you, you did that. Mm-hmm. You deserve that. Like yeah. those are adults. You're a child. Like, you know, uh, there, mm-hmm. in, at least for me, when I was growing up, it felt like I does. it was my problem, not others. Exactly. And, and for, so what was interesting was the level at which what happened with her mom really set her up for low self, low self-esteem, low confidence, um, a lot of self-doubt and really never learning how to speak her truth. And most importantly, trust, trust herself and others. Because it was just, it was a really subtle one. Like her mom could never say anything nice to her without a negative on the back end, mm-hmm. right? That was the pattern. So it was very like, oh, you know, hey, great job on that, you know, 98, but you, you know, it wasn't a hundred, <laughs> right? Like there's always right. a, basically it was an always I love you, but right. It, yep. it kind of situation. And so, you know, that's that little t trauma but that stuff is just as damaging as like the big t stuff and i think what is unfortunate is how many people because it's subtle tiny things yeah it's it's harder to dissect 
the story. It's harder to dissect. Or even recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. Or even recognize it unless somebody's kind of processing through this with you. And that's why I'm such an advocate of, of modalities where we don't even have to tell the story. I'm like, quit wasting time telling the story over and over and over again, right? Like there's a place for it. I know in your care, that would be something I would need to do because it's like, okay, there, but we once have, we, we, one, we don't one do the time, AA right? Philosophy. Just no, exactly. We don't share the war stories over and over nope, again because exactly. we don't want to keep people stuck in that trauma. Yes. Yes. Right. Like there's, if I've never spoken that truth, it needs to come out but just once, but people get so stuck into thinking they're in this healing journey, retelling the story, retelling the story, retelling. I'm like, you're just re-traumatizing yourself and you're actually keeping yourself stuck and staying victim to the past and the story. Stop. Yeah. And you're identifying (laughs) with the story, not who you really are as a person. Like you let that become who you are. That's not who you are. That's something that happened in your past, but now you think it is who you are. Yes. Exactly. And it's like, at some point you can, one, stopping, no longer telling the story. But the other part is, are you willing to do something different, right? Pivoting away from always focusing on the past to focusing on, obviously we've talked a lot today about being present, Yep. but also how, what you're doing in the present moment can impact the future you're desiring to create. Right. Which is where action comes in because, mm-hmm. you know, I think we've seen where people are just trying to then out and create, you know, this, this vision in their head, but there also has to be action behind it. It's, it's awesome to have an amazing vision and purpose and all that, but you still got to take the steps going forward. You can't just dream it. I mean, maybe some people could just dream it into reality, but what I found is I got to work for that shit. <laughs> yeah. I always, I always say effortless success still requires effort. Shit just no longer feels hard. Mm -hmm. That's the difference is you're Mm -hmm. allowing it to be an easy aligned path with things like reflecting and, and doing collaborative thinking, then getting into planning, then action. Cause that's actually the success formula. It's 50% thinking, 25% planning, 25% action, but you need all three elements to be Mm -hmm. successful, you know, because action creates clarity. People are like, well, I'm just not clear. So, you know, you're just an analysis paralysis. And I'm like, no, that's just a control issue. Uh, But once you do take action, it's amazing how action leads to clarity because you're going to say, oh, did this work or did this not work? Hey, (laughs) now you know it works. (laughs) Yeah. Just make a decision. Just take an action, right or wrong. You know, the only regrets I have is when I thought I should do something, but I didn't, or I shouldn't Mm -hmm. do something and I did it anyway. That's the only time I've lived with quote unquote regrets is that inaction when I knew I should have taken action. Exactly. Whatever that looks like. Mm. So do you, do you struggle? What would you say? So you work with, you know, high performing entrepreneur type individuals. Mm -hmm. What is the biggest block? Is it, is it the action? Is it the, um, responsibility? What, what, what part of that equation is the hardest to overcome? You know, it's, it's interesting because it's both. So it's the infinity loop between doing and being right Mm -hmm. action and feeling. And when you're actually moving like an infinity loop between the two, when you have both, 
that is what builds trust. You can't have one without the other and actually build trust, trust in self, trust in God, trust in others, whatever that looks like for you. It's just trust across the board. And so you've got to have that balance between what are you doing, but actions you're taking when you're focused on things that you have control over. Mm-hmm. And then being willing and open to the being, the experience of life, being present, and also experiencing the the emotions while being able to change the feelings around it, which are the meaning, the story you assign to the experience or the emotion, <laughs> right? right. And so there's a lot to that. And so it's really, is it the story, the meaning, and then... um. Oh, where was I going? I'll get it. <laughs> well, isn't it, so isn't it interesting that that's almost like the crux of the situation? Because like yeah. we, we grew up where you don't have feelings and emotions. Yeah. And so you stuff them down and then that creates trauma because, you know, you're not allowed to have feelings. And then you're being barraged like in today's times with if you don't like the way you feel, take this, take this, take this, oh, take yeah. this, take Mask this. It. <laughs> and so it's further stuffing down your feelings because feelings are now considered to be bad when in reality... Feelings are good. It's your body. It's your mind. It's your spirit saying there's something not right or this makes me feel a certain way. Why don't I look into that? Why am I feeling that way? Like that's what I work on with my clients a lot because they're so programmed to think that feelings are bad and we just create a space where it's okay to have those feelings where they feel safe. And it's almost like the biggest burden just releases from them by being able to just safely express emotions and feelings without the need to shove it down or medicate it to make it not there. Yeah, it is. They're not avoiding it anymore. So what I was going to say is it really ends up being the balance between meaning and control. Like, Mm. what are you trying to control in the doing sense? right? Are you trying to control things outside of your control or focusing on things outside of your control? Or are you focusing on things that are actually within your control, AKA your responsibility, Mm -hmm. actually taking responsibility and ownership for you in that way. And then the being side being that meaning, what are we, what is this internal story, this dialogue, this feeling we're imparting on this experience? Are we calling it bad and negative in the survival mode? Or are we able to find the gifts and the lessons? Like you said, observe the messenger that mm-hmm. the emotions and the feelings are of like, oh, hey there, old story. I see you popping up. Okay. Now I can mm-hmm. take a step back and say, oh, this is what I need to focus on. Address, right? process, release, whatever it is, be present with, and then move forward. Anytime I've had really painful periods in my life, it was always when I shut down the emotions and the feelings and I focused just on here's the actions and I'm just pushing through. So the stress is going up as a response and I'm pushing harder, pushing harder and internally falling more and more and more apart. And so I see it all the time. Again, that's why I say these high performers are really not high performers. They're just high functioning. 
Because on the surface, it looks great that, you know, on social media, it looks like their business is awesome. They're going to the gym. They're doing stuff with their significant other, right? But internally, there's this whole dialogue and this whole experience that's completely different from what everybody else is seeing. They're seeing success and like they got their shit together and internally they're falling apart. Mm. Yeah. Which is why they seek out you is to, there's some recognition that they're there. They need to do the work or you and just going to church every Sunday isn't fixing it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people, and I, I know you and I see this a lot is in, in our world is a lot of people will go to church every Sunday and they're like, I'm fixed, right? Like I'm doing the things I'm like going to church (laughs) and therefore, you know, Mm. like you said, I'm going to church, I'm going to gym. So I'm doing the thing. So this is, this is what it is, but there's so much more work to be done uh-huh. uh, that I think a lot of people just, and I know like even it, just comparing it to like my, my rehab is a lot of people don't want it because they think there's only one way out there. So they're like, I've tried that way. I've failed that way. That didn't work for me. Not my lot in life. They don't realize there's so many different ways to skin the cat or to get there. You just have to find the right modality that resonates with you. And then you can get that same sort of success and, and gains from doing so. Oh, I totally agree. That's why everything I do is totally customized to my clients. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, look, you've already got all this work you've done. This is the place where we integrate and bring it all together because they've been doing the work in a compartmentalized way. If you're over here working on business strategy or marketing, it's only one tiny piece of the puzzle. Maybe you're over here doing some spiritual healing and stuff like that. Again, one tiny piece of the puzzle. If you're not working on all of you, at the same time, all the pieces, bringing it all together, your success will stay compartmentalized because your work has been compartmentalized. Right? Mm-hmm. So now it's that opportunity to just bring it all together in that really customized fashion. And it is, it's, it's really interesting to be able to eliminate a lot of the unnecessary stuff because it's yeah. like a lot of the stuff that's keeping you burned out and overwhelmed is all of this hopping between these compartments. Mm-hmm. But but I like showing up to everything as all of me and bringing all of that to the table. And it makes everything easier and more effortless. And it's far yeah. less work to get to where you want to go that way. Well, and that's truly living and experiencing the authenticity that we are. The more we lean into what we are, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and just embrace it and be like, this is, I mean, not saying, you know, you're going to accept your flaws and you're just going to be that way. Cause that's who you are. Like it's a constant work in progress, but I think people really respond to people that they feel are genuine, which means people that are walking their walk, leading from the front and speaking their truth because it's true. And people pick up on that. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's always interesting how much people disconnect from who they are, mm-hmm. like their deep desires, you know, and I think I always speak from my own experience of like, I still have a hard time speaking my truth in certain situations because it, again, it's a habit loop, right? We've been mm-hmm. doing these same behaviors for a lifetime. Those neural pathways are wired like a super highway. Yeah, And if you want to start changing those behaviors and create new neural pathways, you're like going through the jungle, creating a dirt road 
And the more you're doing the hard thing, the not default thing, the not your lowest standard, which is your default, which usually is sabotaging behaviors (laughs) (laughs) of all the numbing out and the avoidance, especially with work, right? That goes back to that hustle thing. I'm like, if your unhealthy coping is workaholic, hustle, (laughs) right? You're creating a lot of success on the surface while, you know, losing a bit of your soul along the way or your health or your marriage or your kids. So, you know, you're creating this dirt road and it's like the more you're willing to travel the dirt road, it slowly keeps getting upgraded. And the more you're upgrading it now, it's like, a paved road and now you know it's now it's maybe like a two-lane road now it's a highway right like the more you do it and then the old one degrades and it's great that our we have this neuroplasticity in my nerdy science self but as my my spiritual self saying you know i love the power of choice that nothing is ever set in stone i in any moment can choose who I desire to be and how I want to live my life and allow myself to really, since I'm such a foodie, savor the moment, mm-hmm. right? Marinate in the experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where the joy is, right? It's just like being fully present and enjoying all the things without future tripping. And, oh, I did that yesterday. I can't believe I did. Like, it's just being the now and really appreciate all that we have, which is the beauty of this planet. I mean, I look at it like I'm here for a reason. So let's enjoy that. This isn't like a curse. This is like a choice. So let's, let's get the most out of it. Exactly. And really being able to, you know, impact in the ways that we're called, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that I can give myself credit for and really celebrate how far I've come and all the work and all mm-hmm. the things and know how big my impact has, has been, have gratitude for that, right? Not the platitude gratitudes, because going back to what you were saying, right? Go to church, do the things, but all it is, is a check the box, yep. not the experience of it. So I would always say, Hey, who does their gratitudes every day? And it's the same damn gratitude every day. Like, no, you're just checking a box. You're not yep. experiencing gratitude. I always challenge my clients is like every day, look at one challenge you've had in the last 24 hours and how can you be grateful for it? So it was like writing gratitude is like, Hey, I'm grateful for the friction in my marriage right now because I'm learning how to be a better partner. Mm. Right? Like that's, that's gratitude. That's savoring the experience of life because we have the challenges and the triumphs, you know. Well, so. it's literally having the same experiencing, same experience, but reframing it in a way that's a positive, not that same negative. Um, yeah. Which is all we're doing is we're just reframing things and seeing things in different ways. And now we're not the victim of whatever's happening. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, yep, I, look how I created that one again. How funny. <laughs> how did I do that? Like, that's what I laugh at myself all about. Like, I'm a constant awe of the shit I create inadvertently or otherwise. Um, <laughs> but recognizing it and and realizing that's sort of the magic of life, right? <laughs> well, it takes so much of the pressure off, too. Like, that yeah. you can just have fun with it and find the positive. Yeah. And, like, not everything has to be this push, 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 hard, 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 go, go, go all the time. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's like in many ways, not all yet, 
but in many ways, I've already reached living my dream lifestyle because of the experience of my life, the, the experience of freedom, because I'm no longer prisoner to my past. Mm-hmm. Freedom that I'm not prisoner to my judge or stress. If I choose, <laughs> again, <laughs> life happens, business happens, relationships yep. happen. There's, you know, we're shit, never pandemics happen. Like shit, right? you can't even prepare for. You're like, oh, well, that's a new one. <laughs> I'm like, it, it's never about being eliminating the sabotage. Being sabotage proof yeah. is about shortening the cycle of mm. seeing the trigger having the experience of whatever that trigger is, but then you getting back on track, consciously choosing how you want to be in the moment. And being in that space is so much more empowering. And so for me, going to like new level, eventually I'll have new levels of this dream lifestyle, you know, new levels of house, new levels of experiences, new levels of you know, in that new house, VIP clients and coming and staying or hosting retreats in my home, you know, those kinds of things will get there, you know, but it's, but we have to really appreciate and savor the level we have now. You know, I see the people with the vision board all the time. They got the car on the vision board. Well, are you taking care of the car you have right now? Or are you treating it like a piece of shit? Cause that's the meaning you're assigning to it. Mm. Right. So you can't, I mean, you've got to really appreciate and care for, and it's just being in that energy of truly embodying that you're ready for that next level of success. And most importantly, the more you're able to slow down and be present, the more you see the constant communication from the universe pointing you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. trusting the nudges because the more I'm in control and like have those blinders on of where I'm going versus leaning back and creating the vacuum of like what I want coming in and filling the vacuum, mm. the opportunities, the experiences like nature does n- not like a vacuum. Like if you go yeah. into science, yeah, there's like zero vacuums. So if you s- stop charging forward and actually step back a little bit, not step back, lean back a little bit to receive, right? You create that vacuum and the stuff's going to come to you. Like I just, I, it's a playful game now to see all the little divine nudges. But at yep. the same time, I can have the divine nudges like, I'm not sure what that is. So I'm not even going to assign meaning to it. I'm just going to make sure I take the appropriate actions to follow through with, you know, whatever I'm interpreting here. I love that. And you're right. A lot of times it is uh, just recognizing it. It's so interesting because like when I found spirituality, uh, you know, you were not your body. So I was very much like, I get that. That makes sense to me. But in recent times, really learning like, um, you know, the body keeps the score, like Mm -hmm. your body is its own smart thing. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to listen to your body. Like if your brain isn't getting it, your spirit isn't getting it, your body can sometimes chime in and say, oh, I got a stomach ache. Why the fuck do I got a stomach ache? I ate the same thing. It's like, well, maybe, maybe you need to listen. Like, and again, that's just like recognizing the signs physically, spiritually around you, in your environment, in your head. Like it's just being aware of what's happening to pick up on those little nuances. But you've got to be able to be present and pay attention to receive the messages. Right. <laughs> but right. it's, you know, but if we're always in that state of control, we're not open to receive. 
Right. And, and Which is in- my big lesson last year was yeah. being, you know, and again, associated with trauma, I was afraid to receive because that meant I owed and blah, 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 you know, mm. so there's all the shit that gets The meaning and the and stories, you, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And then you got to go, okay, I can just receive without having to owe somebody. It's okay. And then once mm-hmm. I kind of had that realization, it was like, then, then, like you said, I leaned back and, and the receiving started, which is amazing. Yeah, exactly. And it is. And it's just having a sense of ease and peace by choice. Things are not Mm -hmm. perfect by any means, you know, but it's, I can choose how I want to experience my life, you know, how I want to experience my business, how I want to experience my health, my marriage, my mindset, my relationships. Love that. So what is a day uh, in, in Stacy's life looks like of integration of all the things I'm assuming there's an integration of all the things we talked about. What does your day look like? How much time do you invest in doing these different things? So it depends on what kind of lane it is. So in terms of my, my kind of standard schedule is nine to four Monday through Thursday. So it's a four day, yeah, four day work week. Two days are office days. Monday and Wednesday are usually 100% office only. So there's the on the businesses office day, and there's kind of the in the businesses office day as far as like content creation, course stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff, serving clients or whatever. And then there's two days, Tuesday and Thursday in the afternoons is specifically for all of my meetings. So it's, and, and well, and even in the morning is team meetings. So those are my peopling days. So I've got to have my peopling days, my non-peopling days. (laughs) (laughs) but it's a peak performance thing, right? So I've, I've batched all of my like tasks and like things that I need to do for the ones that require a high level of focus and concentration and being able to get into flow state. That's my Monday and Wednesday. Like, don't interrupt me. I'm not doing any of the Mm -hmm. external stuff. And so by combining all of the, uh, people stuff, right? The team meetings and the the, um, the sales calls, the networking calls, the client calls, coaching, all of that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, that's a very different energy and it's a different focus. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very thoughtful about how I m- manage my schedule because I moved away from managing my time and focus instead on managing my energy. Mm-hmm. And so I put the things that are hard in the morning because it's easier to do the things that are hard when you have the energy to do it, get it done, and then the rest of your day is easier. And then the things that do not drain you, right? So for me, doing things like coaching calls, virtual coffees, things like that, those are just effortless to me because it's my zone of genius. It energizes me. So I can do all those in the afternoon because it's going to mm. help kind of recharge my batteries it's easy to do. It doesn't require a lot of like brain power, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? like all the planning and strategy. And that's why I focus on like the heaviest planning strategy. Hardest things are my Mondays and my office days. So, and then Fridays are usually my free day or spillover. So it kind of flip flops depending on what it is. So, 
And then do you do meditation and working out every day or do you do other practices? Is that like a big part of your regular routine as well? Yeah, I do have a a daily AM PM routine that I do. Um, I have a paper tracker. My clients use the paper tracker, even on their weekly accountability form. I'm like, send me a photo of your tracker, like keep it simple. (laughs) right? And it can ebb and flow. So I've gone through periods of time where I was doing like daily meditation, like meditating daily for a year. Um, I do my gratitudes. That's one Mm non-negotiable period. Um, what I'm doing as far as like exercise or physical activity can vary depending on what I'm doing nutritionally. So like if I'm doing a cleanse or a reboot or a water fast, right? Like what I'm doing with the physical activity varies. Um, you know, sometimes I go through periods of time where I'm reading. Sometimes that'll move into audiobooks, or maybe I'm going through a program where I'm challenging myself with doing like daily exercises and activities. I just make sure that whatever that priority is, I write them down and I'm checking, did I do it or did I not? You know, my supplements are on there, uh, you know, just different things like that. So is this a, a checklist you like look at before you go to bed just to see if you yep. did it or is it it's like on I the need to refer stand. back to that so I don't forget? It's on the nightstand and it's just yeah. the thing that I can see first thing in the morning, last thing before I go to bed. Did I nice. do my stuff? You know, when you're AM, you've got new, uh, midnight to noon for your AM, but it's still, it's like, hey, it's right there. It's easy. The journal's right there on the edge of the bed. So, yeah. you know, I've made the bar very low to getting these things done, but I've been doing it for 10 years now. Right. So, well, it doesn't know. matter how easy or hard you get that oxytocin when you mark mm-hmm. something off. It's like done, yeah. sweet, yeah, <laughs> yay! Well, I made my bed, yay! <laughs> exactly, exactly. And for so many people, getting the dopamine hit, the problem is they're bored with work because they're getting the dopamine hit not with the work, but when they take a break, that's when they go check texts, socials, emails. Right? That's where they're getting the fast dopamine. So, of course, work feels hard. You know, yeah. when I, when I work with so many people on focus, flow, peak performance, I'm like, look, you've got to do a little bit of a dopamine detox here. Like it's time to uninstall <laughs> your email app or your social app off your phone. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we need to talk mm-hmm. about where you're getting it. If you're get, you know, engaging more in social media or whatever, and it's actually affecting your interest in sex and intimacy, right? It's all about that dopamine. You're just getting it out. That's a problem. It is a problem. <laughs> That's a problem if you're getting it from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least if you're in a relationship. I mean, I guess if you're not in a relationship, it's probably not as important, but certainly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and we're always in a relationship with ourselves. So if we're not getting True. a dopamine hit by the things that we say we are are important to us, but we're getting a dopamine hit from these other things, right? Again, we might need to be a dopamine detox. And, you know, like being in a place where it's like, oh, I can have good sleep. I mean, that's the big thing is I don't really have an alarm to get up. I do have a set bedtime and I do have a max wake up time. But some mornings I'm up at five because that's what my body wants. Some mornings I'm up at 715 because that's what my body wants. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but my big thing is I have out my AM routine. I've made light. Because I've recognized my greatest productivity is in the morning. So I have a very light morning routine and just get into the flow of my day, planning my day 
with intention. What are my top priorities? And doing the hard things first when I have the most energy. Then mm-hmm. I can do the other stuff in the evening or afternoon. So I love that. Yeah, I know energy. I'm thinking back to our talk uh, on stage. And I'm sorry, I know we're going to wrap this up quickly. But energy was a big thing. You know, what gives you energy? What doesn't give you energy? And then how to either offload the things that don't give you energy or put them where you have the most energy and be done with them. So I I love that concept. Um, I think everybody could could follow that for sure. And that's where that whole, you know, you got to, how does this feel? You got to like be present enough to be aware of how your energy feels doing certain things. Yeah. It's the, the strain in recovery, right? Is like, if it, if, if being on a zoom call is straining to you and you feel like Ugh, afterwards, right? Maybe it's a matter of switching that out to either doing less, batching them together or mm. Uh, moving them to in-person or maybe an alternative, right? So that's why, and that's when, when I did the talk, I was like, uh, automate, delegate, eliminate, or alternate. Because not a lot of people think of what's an alternate activity that I can do for this thing. So mm. if it does strain you, but then there's mm-hmm. those things in your zone of genius that energize you. And those are the things that like time disappears. It feels absolutely effortless. It's so easy to you that you might even forget that it's hard to other people. And then keeping in mind, zone of genius is not necessarily your superpower. Your superpowers Mm -hmm. are things you're rock star at. You are great at, but it can still strain you. Mm. So I... Yeah, I am great at organizing things, systematizing things, but depending on the context, right, all of that strategic planning and stuff like that, it's a superpower. It's a gift finding the easiest solution for other people and all of that. But when it comes to my own stuff, like it feels so hard, but all of that is, is superpower stuff. Great at it, but it doesn't necessarily energize me energizing is more in the, Hey, let's get to the root. Let's find the easiest solution to move forward. Problem solving all of those things and really getting into, okay, here's your pathway to better performance or productivity or communicating better with your team. But a lot of the dissecting and kind of, yeah, I'm just like, no, okay. (laughs) But there's a lot of (laughs) things that I'm great at that. I'm like, Nope, not my zone of genius. (laughs) Yeah. Don't want to do that. Yep. Yep. Uh -uh. Same. (laughs) Would you say there's more energy, and and I already know the answer to this, but for myself, if you're aligned with your purpose, like that gives you like the most energy. I would in say actions. when when you are aligned with spending more of your time in your zone of genius, which your genius mm-hmm. zone generally is analogous to your purpose. So for example, well, and and I mean, if we really want to go down that pathway around purpose, I think everybody's purpose is the same, is Mm. really just step into your highest level of contribution, right? How can you help? How can you leave the world a better place, right? It's kind of everybody, like they're called to do something. What that looks like is different for everybody. And that's going to be more about your genius zone right? What's the thing that's easy and effortless to you? Because no matter what it is, it's monetizable because it's not easy to somebody else. Mm. So the more you do the things that fill your cup and charge your batteries, 
the easier and more energized you are. Then if you do have the things that drain you, we all do. We're not going to eliminate 100% of the things that drain you. Then that's where you do those other things to fill your cup. The meditation, the exercise, whatever those things are for you. Yep. Charge the battery. I love that. Quarterly vacations. <laughs> sounds amazing. Right? Somewhere really tropical and warm right now sounds amazing. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I live in Florida and then why ah. we travel to places like Cancun and Jamaica. <laughs> so smart. Yep. Yep. There's right. something about that tropical where I'm instantly like, I'm fine. Ah. Whatever. Like literally <laughs> the second I get off a plane in a tropical place, I am instantly on vacation. Doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I love what you said about purpose because I mean, for me, it's obvious. Oh, your purpose is to help people. And forever I was like, of course, that's my purpose. I help people. That's what I do. And recently I'm like, no, no. Is it that you help people or that you empower people to help themselves? Yes. That's what I do. I That's the vehicle I use to be of service. Exactly. And that's the nuance we discover along the way. That's the same yeah. thing. You know, for me, it's like it's it's empowering people or it's opening people up to seeing and connecting to the parts of themselves they've been avoiding. Yes. You know, whatever that is, if I can inspire someone to do something different and take action, I'm like, hey, I did my job. hundred <laughs> yep. percent. Right. We're not fixing it. They're not broken. You know, I'm not helping. I mean, I am, but it's more empowering them to do it, the work themselves. And then it's real because it's like, I, I did that. I, you, you showed me the way, but I walked the walk. And then mm-hmm. I like, especially with people overcoming addiction, that is paramount because they do not like to be told what to do. And they're somewhat rebellious by nature. But if you could just sort of set the crumbs there and they follow it and it's real for them, then it's lifelong. Exactly. Well, and and for people like us too, who come from our our trauma journeys and and have those like rescuer tendencies too. Early in my coaching journey, it was a lot of I, I found where I wanted it more than they did. Right. And mm-hmm. I was right. So that's that old rescuer energy. <laughs> I'm like, yep. nope, this oh, yeah. is not my job and that's not my responsibility. I lean back, I can present the doorway. I can even make a little bit of extra and open the door for you, but you have to be the one to walk through it. Yep. But that's when everything changes for the better. Right. Well, and it's such a, it's such a huge concept because, you know, especially with addiction, there's enabling and when is it mm-hmm. not enabling, but it's actually helping, but it's not helping too much. It's like, it, it's big for people like us. It's a big mm-hmm. part. At least I know for myself, it's a big part of my history with that whole rescuing and, and self-worth and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And balancing the empathy with the accountability. Yes. Right. Like that's another one, too, for people who are called to be of service in this way of like helping people and being in the people business (laughs) to say, hey, I understand and I empathize with you. I get it. And what are you going to go do different to get a different result? Like time to do something different. Or do you are, you know, and holding them accountable, like, okay, are you choosing to buy into the old story then? Like, is that what you want? Right. And you can do that with love. You can be accountable with love and empathy. And it's like, I think a lot of people struggle with that, especially when they're in coaching, mentoring, different types of service providing and that, you know, or just in relationships in general, because we all have them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many people are like, oh, so that's really cool that, you know, the majority of your staff are former addicts. They can probably really be empathetic to what people are going through. I'm like, Yes, but they can also really hold them accountable because they've been there, they've done that and they've overcome it. And so 
Whereas maybe people who hadn't been through that would be more empathetic and almost permissive. We can be harder and hold them more accountable for themselves so they can learn how to be accountable to themselves as well. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I think a lot of people enjoy working with coaches and mentors, too, who they know have walked a similar path to them because they know they get it. Whereas like going to my psychiatrist or my therapist or whatever, because of the the separation of licensure, right? You don't get to Mm -hmm. know, you don't know what their story is. Right. So you don't know if they understand and if they're just holding space, awesome. But are they giving you advice based on experience or are they giving you advice based off what they're regurgitating from a book? A hundred percent. Yeah. I actually lost my cool, which is not very usual of me. Two of my clients had come up to me and, you know, this, that, and everything else. And I was like in the middle of something. And, and at first they were sort of taken back, but then, you know, a week later they're hugging me because they're like, thank God somebody kind of checked me because I, you know, <laughs> this is what I've been doing and other people have been letting me get away with it. And you kind of checked mm-hmm. me and and they're grateful for that because a lot of people put up such a prickly outside that people don't want to mess with it. They're like, okay, you just keep doing you do this. Cool. <laughs> exactly. I know it is. And well, and, and I think too, it's, it's because we've been there, right? We know the BS. We know being in that place of, you know, pre-rejection. Let me be, I mean, my default was to be an asshole. Like, let me basically Mm. pre-reject you. So you're not going to remotely attempt to tell me what to do Yep. or who to be or how to be or whatever. You know, a hundred percent. Awesome. Well, thank you, Stacey, for coming on. I appreciate you so much. Uh, hopefully we will share a stage again soon someday. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a fun conversation and I'm certain we will. Okay. Awesome. And if I make my way back out to Florida, I'll definitely be hitting you up because I, I do love the, the, the weather out there. It's beautiful. Oh yeah. It's perfect right now too. We're like solidly in dry season. So like March to May, especially May, I was like, if you can be in Florida around Cinco de Mayo, phenomenal, especially here in Tampa. That's amazing. Best weather ever. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. We'll have a fantastic Monday. Uh, let you get back to your zone of genius. (laughs) I know I was like, it's okay. I will make time for you. (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.